0: Hey, it's Vicki Smith. Welcome to Power to the Pleasers podcast. Want to start doing things on your terms and finally feel confident just being yourself in relationships? Well, you've landed in the right place. Here we break down your people-pleasing and perfectionistic patterns so you can move from being polite and doing it right to showing up, speaking up, and even laughing it up with people. Not sure it's possible? Well, stick around, friend. I'll show you how. Hey, y'all. I hope you're well. I am just going to make a disclaimer out of the gate that I'm a little fired up about this topic. I'm really happy to be talking about it. It's anger. The topic is anger. And as a people pleaser, it's kind of odd to like the emotion of anger so much, but I do. (laughs) And so here is the topic. We're just going to jump into it. It is developing intolerance. So I have definitely been awake for the last handful of years as we've been talking about diversity and tolerance and how important it is, especially right now in our growth as a human species living with each other. Uh, But There's also a little corner of intolerance that I want you to protect and maybe even grow a little bit. So one of the most prized skills I have learned in people-pleasing recovery is intolerance. So you might join me in knowing what it's like to be very tolerant of bad behavior as a pleaser. I'm really actually surprised now that I look back, knowing what is okay for me and what isn't as I've done some of this work. You know, it's clearer to me these days where my boundaries are. But I'm really surprised when I look back at how many things I tolerated that were just plain rude. Like, I would let people not listen to me in a conversation, just talk over me, like, just completely change the topic, change the subject. To think about that now, you know, conversations with some people were so unfulfilling. I would walk away just with this bad feeling and, you know, something just didn't click. It just wasn't okay. But I would always excuse it as, well, that's just how they are. Or maybe they're having, you know, a bad day or something. I let people ignore... ignore me basically, but I would let people ignore a small request that I would make. And you all can back me up in knowing how hard it is to even squeak out a request in the first place, but then to have it ignored, dismissed. Yeah. It's, it's embarrassing how much I tolerated that. I would get up the courage to ask for something and then have it dismissed. And I would just walk away from that conversation feeling like, okay, well, that's the answer. Oh my gosh. Oh, I feel so bad for my past self. But I would just go on in the relationship um, with people, just taking it, feeling like I was the one that had to do all the work behind the scenes, kind of after the fact, to make it so that I could go back into the relationship. I had to do all this work behind the scenes to try to fill in the gaps and understand them and make excuses. But I was uncomfortable around people in certain environments and and I just kept it going. I remember one particularly blatant boundary violation that uh, got my attention. It was in the hospital that I worked in as a young therapist, and I was getting my clinical hours. Mental health hospital setting wasn't exactly where I felt comfortable, so I was already kind of out of my element, stretched a little. But I had to get clinical hours, and so that's where I where I was working. And we did the outpatient program, sort of a, a day long leave at the end of the day, go home. Come back the next day, go through groups you know all day long, and maybe do that for a week or two as your step down program from being inpatient. so there are always two therapists in a group, and we were supposed to be a team you know working in the groups running the groups. But one day, my co-leader questioned me and corrected me in front of the patients in the group and undermined me. When what would have been more professional was to debrief with me after the group and share with me, you know, what they observed that wasn't working. When this happened in the group, I was shocked, but I just had to take it. I had never had the experience before of sort of being called out in front of clients and. I had no way to really deal with it in the moment and I I feel like the professional way of dealing with it was just to hold it and then have this conversation afterwards. But I felt so shamed and I felt so thrown off that I could not have the conversation with my co-leader. I had to go to my supervisor to kind of process through it and nothing was done about it. So this really activated something in me. It was a reenactment of something that was core in my system from my early years, from my family of being shamed and needing help with it. But no adult really showed up to take care of the situation and help me work through it. So it really stuck with me what happened in this group setting. But it's times like these that that really get you in touch with these invisible lines inside of yourself, your personal boundaries, in other words. Boundaries that seem elusive to us for so long until they're glaringly clear. And you just get this clear as a bell message that says, this behavior is not okay with me. So this is an interesting place for a people pleaser, because once you get that signal, once you hear that... Of this behavior is not okay with me. Now what? <laughs> There's another step to take now that you know that something isn't okay. But like I said, I was so shocked and I felt shamed because of some earlier experiences I had had outside of the of the hospital setting that I was triggered and I couldn't really process this with my coworker, but. Because of that situation with my coworker, I had my eyes opened and it really tipped me over to this new phase of my recovery from people pleasing. I was starting to hear my inner anger and I couldn't move past it with my usual self deprecating, overly responsible, well, it must have been me. <laughs> you know, um, I must have done something wrong. I couldn't stuff my anger anymore. And that was a problem. I realized that there were blips on the radar all along with other relationships and other scenarios where I just got accustomed to brushing aside those signals that said this isn't okay. I brushed them aside because of fear, understandably. I, I think I can say that the majority of humans avoid things because of fear. And for people pleasers, there are a few common fears that really cause us to excuse bad behavior without even thinking about it. And fear of conflict is at the top of that list. So those fears will really keep us small and silent. I was afraid something bad would happen if I pointed out someone's behavior, regardless if it was my coworker in this situation or not. I, I was sure that I would be shamed and criticized if I pointed out someone's behavior that didn't work for me. You know How selfish of me to not be understanding. It would be my fault that I had a problem with another person and I would be encouraged to be empathetic of that person. I would encourage, be encouraged to try to understand where that person was coming from. So nothing good really came of pointing out when I felt like something wasn't landing well with me. So I avoided my anger, you know, even when the blips were big blips. Because I just didn't want to go back to those same experiences I had as a kid when I was upset about not being able to go to a friend's house or, you know, not being able to stay out longer and ride my bike, whatever it was, right? But when I started to take those signals seriously, those blips, when I started to say, something's happening here, I knew I needed to figure out what to do with the signals of anger. And I had to figure out what the next step was. I was not going to be stuffing that anger anymore. Now, I didn't want to be an asshole. And I hear this from clients a lot. You know, when we start getting acquainted with our anger signals, we're afraid that we'll swing all the way to the other side of the pendulum and lash out and be an asshole. Now, secretly, I want to be an asshole. (laughs) I think it's freeing. But I always have known I can't pull it off. And I assure my clients that as people pleasers and perfectionists, we are really never going to be assholes. It's just not in our nature. But we do need to figure out what works as a next step for us. Once we get that signal of anger, you know, what do we do with the voice of our inner anger? You know, We hear it clearly. It says, this isn't okay with me. Okay, now what? What I noticed that started happening especially after this event in the hospital group, was that I began to voice my anger to a safe person. And for me, that's my husband. And my husband became pretty observant of me venting. And especially when I complain too many times about a particular situation or person, he starts to go, huh, okay, you're talking about this again. And one time he said to me, they're taking advantage of you and you know it. This wasn't about the hospital situation, but I was venting about something else. And he said, they're taking advantage of you and you know it. And you have to get it out in order for you to be with them again. You can't go back holding this resentment and anger. But you're only getting it out to me. And it's not doing anything. And he was right. I felt encouraged to figure out a way to get it out. I couldn't keep letting the anger just talk through me and be heard by him because it didn't go anywhere. It just circled around in our living room and it wasn't getting me any farther feeling more comfortable or more secure or more connected in relationship with with whoever I was resentful towards. So I turned to my journal and started just pouring it out there And then I looked at my journal after many weeks of entries. And I I was like, oh, you know what? I'm starting my journal like every day with, I am so fucking angry. And I was like, crap, I am just circling this again. This is not getting anywhere. It's just staying inside. I had started internal family systems training as a therapist at the time. And I was receiving therapy myself through internal family systems model. And I knew that this was a part of me that was going to keep poking its head out, this anger. I was the one that was going to listen to my inner anger part and be its advocate. I knew that was my next step. I just didn't know how to make it happen yet. But in IFS, we help ourselves move from being merged with or blended with a part of our inner world or our inner personality. We help ourselves move from being merged with a part and getting more perspective about it. So we're blended when we're caught in something like a thought or a feeling or even a body sensation, and it feels like it's our entire experience. And I used to be very blended with my anger part when I was talking to my husband or journaling. It felt like it was my entire body. It was every thought I was thinking. I was also blended with my people pleaser part more than I realized. You know, that part of me was trained to ease tension and relationships. That people pleaser part of me was there to be a comfort to others and not rock the boat. To be the peacemaker, the silent, supportive cast member, <laughs> you know, So I was aware that I had anger and I was aware I had a people pleaser part. But what happens when we stay blended with the thoughts and the beliefs of a people pleaser part is that we start to collect inside the hits, if you will, that come from always putting other people first. And anger is one of those hits. And the reason I'm so fired up about anger and I really like anger is that people pleasers are angry people. People-pleasers have not excused or exempted themselves from feeling anger. We just hide it incredibly well. Sometimes we even hide it from ourselves. And when we favor one part of our personality most of the time, in other words, people-pleasing, there is an imbalance inside. And that's what anger starts to let you know. It starts to tell you there's too much weight on this side of the scale. I have to speak up about it. And I hear this from clients a lot. They don't want to feel angry. Clients will say, I really don't feel angry. I'm not an angry person. I'm a very understanding person. I get why people act unkind at times and I give them a break because life is hard, right? They really prize their (laughs) anti-anger, their understanding qualities. Hey, did you know there are different types of people pleasers? Wait, what? No way. Yep, just because we're good at blending in doesn't mean we can't have our own personal style doing it. If you're curious about your unique take on being the nicest person in the room, head on over to www.powertothepleasers.com backslash style. You'll get your quiz right away. Have fun. I have clients that share with me, I'm afraid of my anger. I don't even know what to do with it if I was to feel it. So I get it, right? Like, it's great. It's great to be kind and understanding and forgiving and offer grace to people who are in a bad mood. That's fantastic. You're probably a very popular person. (laughs) But I get so jazzed about my people-pleasing clients finding their anger because it's a valid signal to you. And It's a place inside of us that can't be ignored and we can't stuff all the time. And it's great that you're understanding and people like you and all that kind of stuff, but how often are you going to want to show up as only understanding, as only giving people the benefit of the doubt? When you work with your people-pleasing part, you get to ask that part of you questions like, what are you afraid will happen if you don't offer understanding and give people chance after chance? You get to ask your own self, your own people-pleaser part, that question. What are you afraid will happen if you let anger speak out? We want to know why our people-pleaser part is so strong, and it's because of what my clients say and because of what I used to feel, staying small and silent and accommodating and understanding and positive and pleasant, all of those things decrease tension. Anger does not decrease tension. But if you're hiding it from yourself, just be aware. It'll stack up on you. You can't escape the feeling of anger. It is a part of you. And it's not a bad part of you. It's not a bad feeling. It's useful and it's necessary and it's a signal. And it's time to get to know what it's telling you. So doing the IFS work, I realized I was prioritizing my people, please, or part and ignoring my anger, right? Well, I wasn't ignoring it. I was journaling about it. I was venting to my husband. So I was getting crumbs of relief, but it was still stacking up inside. And that event in the group in the hospital just gave me well let me say it this way it just gave that Jenga tower inside you know the tower that the game that you build all the blocks and it just gets higher and higher but it just has all these holes in it it gave that Jenga tower of anger inside enough weight to come crashing down and I had to deal with what I was feeling as contrary to what I wanted to feel and to what I and what I wanted to show to others that I was pleasant and, and amazing and likable. I was also full of anger. And what scares people pleasers about getting in touch with their anger is that they've been collecting anger bits for years. And so it's kind of like rage. Yeah, it's a little bit more than anger actually. But with IFS, we can work with that. It doesn't have to blow up, you know, burn the house down and, and to make a point. That oh my gosh, I'm finally in touch with my anger. That doesn't have to be it. In IFS, we talk about speaking from a part of us and we talk about speaking for a part of us. So if you're gonna burn the house down, you're gonna speak from a part of your anger, from your anger part. If you're gonna learn to speak for your anger part, you don't have to burn the house down. Now, people pleasers are afraid that they, you know, they don't wanna lash out at people, they don't wanna be assholes, they they don't wanna cause destruction, right? I mean, we are used to seeing other people's anger and feeling the wrath of it and seeing the destruction. But that anger part isn't really, through IFS work, it isn't really going to take the wheel from the people pleaser part and put the pedal to the metal and go 120 miles per hour. It's just not gonna do that, especially as people pleasers. We're not going to do that. But we do want to give space for the anger part to talk. So it really helps to learn that we can begin to listen to our anger and then become its interpreter, become its translator, you know, and when we need to talk to somebody where a boundary has been crossed and anger is signaling that to us, that we can speak for our anger through doing IFS work and getting to know our angry part. I was still scared shitless to use my voice and express my anger even after learning about speaking from and speaking for. But I did understand that the next step wasn't to start telling people how I felt about them and crossing a bunch of boundaries on their side. I just needed to get to know my anger myself, just me and it. And so listening to it, letting it be a part of the inner conversation that was always going on in my head instead of trying to stuff it aside, learning to sift through all that blustery bitching, you know, and find the true message inside. That was what was appealing to me. I see recovery from people-pleasing and perfectionism as gathering these huge-ass rocks to place one by one across a raging river. And you know, normally we stand at the side of the river and we look at the water and we say, nope, not worth it, too much work, gonna get hurt. And we just return to the familiarity of ignoring our anger being the understanding and available friend, sibling, neighbor, whatever. We just go back to the familiarity of people-pleasing. Well, at some point, we see we need to cross that damn river. Now what? Well, you start looking for these big-ass boulders, and you begin to create stepping stones to get across it. The anger becomes like jet fuel for you to start to change things from the inside out. You listening to your anger part and getting to know your people-pleasers' fears if the anger does speak up, all of that is you creating your own recovery plan and strategy from people-pleasing and perfectionism. And it's vital for us to get to know the parts of our personality who are running the show. Matter of fact, that's the first stepping stone. The next stepping stone is learning to listen to who you find inside. And for us pleasers and perfectionists, That would be the people-pleaser part and the perfectionist part. The next is not judging what you hear when you get to know these parts, especially when anger starts to become part of the conversation, not judging the anger. In IFS work, we start to help relax back parts that have been gripping the steering wheel and running the show. And we start listening to other parts that have been riding in the car with them and being like, oh my God, I really wish we could stop going in circles and change our route. These are steps to take to unwind from people-pleasing, to get to know your anger, and your anger will help you with your boundaries. To get to know your anger is a must for a people-pleaser. That's why I'm so excited about anger. And when clients start to tell me, oh, I think this is anger coming up, and they do this back and forth dance with it, I don't think I want to feel it. It's going to be bad. I don't know how to do it. And I'm over on the other side dancing my ass off in celebration. If you're a people pleaser or a perfectionist that's starting to feel that bubbling up of anger inside you, and you're not sure what to do next, I'm talking straight to you right now. Hello. Hey, it's me. I got you. (laughs) I get it. Let's do some work together. I also want you to know though, okay, I have not completed my path across that river yet. There are still some folks that really stump me, that really trigger me. There are still some places and environments that I don't feel safe enough to speak up yet. But when I hear myself try to create like a soft landing for other people when I'm sharing and like, this is what creating a soft landing sounds like. All right. When I start to hear myself try to make it better, my message land easier for someone like my voice always goes up. (laughs) It's like, well, you know, some people think, (laughs) or I discount myself, you know, right up front with like well, I don't know completely, like this isn't a hundred percent, but maybe when I notice that now, it doesn't get past me. I, I note it. I use some mindfulness and I say, oh my God, I just made myself small. And for that noticing, I am super glad because that is my anger and one subtle shape and form that's getting my, my attention. I'm able to hear my inner anger speak sooner. And it points to places where it wants to come out. And I know that I still let my people pleaser be behind the wheel, but Hey, it's, you know, it's steps, right? Like I'm noticing when I'm discounting myself, I notice when I stay silent, I'm noticing all that. And I also have to give myself a little bit of grace because being trained to just roll with someone's bad behavior is really hard programming to untangle, but it's possible. I look at my raging river and there are stepping stones out there. I can get across part of it. And I never thought I would be able to do that. I am not as afraid of my anger now. And that is fucking brilliant. I'll be honest with you. I feel like a rock star sometimes when I tap into that jet fuel of anger. My belief about anger has also shifted by doing this internal family systems work and getting to know what my anger is. I don't try to dance around my own anger anymore. Uh, and I don't try to make it okay that someone hurt me. Even if it's just inside, I don't try to give people the benefit of the doubt inside as an immediate go-to, as a knee-jerk reaction anymore. I don't try to understand where people are coming from all the time. It's just not helpful. It takes up too much of my time and energy, honestly. So I hope this has been helpful and at least validating to you Uh, to know that anger is a prized possession for a people pleaser. And I am just a nut job when it comes to introducing my clients to their anger. Like it is so fulfilling to me. I can't even, I can't even handle it. Like I get so supercharged after a session where clients are working with their anger and getting to know their anger that I'm just like, oh my God, the, we are finally going to take up our allotted space, people pleasers. Thank God we're finally going to show up in our lives. And anger is going to be that thing that helps us start to see that it's not just about being understanding and, and avoiding conflict. That isn't what our whole life has to be about. Okay, <laughs> off of my soapbox about this. See if you can play with developing intolerance, okay? Okay just do me a favor and just like experiment with it and and see what happens. See if anger starts to come up for you and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, it's anger. And you you run away or see if you're like, I think I can entertain this for a minute. (sighs) I'm going to take a deep breath. Go take a walk outside because I'm so charged up about this. But I want you to see that anger doesn't always have sharp You know, arrows that we shoot, you know, one after another out to people and hurt people. It can energize us, it can motivate us. Okay, peace out, pleasers. I will talk with you next time. And I just love you. I love you, people pleasers. We can do it. All right, later. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If this has been helpful for you, I'd so appreciate it if you could take a moment and just rate and review. And then others might be able to find us more easily. And please also share with friends that could use this information too. Okay, thanks again, and I look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future. Take care.